Specifically, we're going to talk about how we can treat class um, three cases and severe open bites. In the past, I thought that these cases could be only treated with conventional braces, doing surgery, or using TADS. As I started using Invisalign more and getting more comfortable with the appliance, I have learned now that Invisalign is my appliance of choice in treating these difficult cases. A little bit about myself, I was born in Hong Kong and I grew up in San Francisco and I attended Stanford and graduated in 1997. I then went to Harvard Dental School and graduated in 2001. Just before I graduated, I heard about these Stanford Business School students starting a business creating clear retainers that was going to revolutionize orthodontics and make braces something in the past. I was going to go into pedo, and thank goodness I chose ortho, and thank goodness for this brilliant invention. At Harvard, many of the faculty were very skeptical about Invisalign, so we as residents had to go to BU to get certified. I graduated in 2004 from the Harvard um, residency program in ortho, and when I graduated, I actually was my first patient in treating Invisalign. I got my ABO board certification in 2011, and I'm in the process of joining the Angle Society. I'm going to be sharing a case later today that I'm using to um, submit to join. So I have many people to thank for my Invisalign journey. When I graduated from Harvard, I moved to New York City and worked with Dr. Mark Lemshin, founder of Dolphin Imaging, and Jennifer Salzer. And at the time, they were already very innovative and had done over 200 Invisalign cases that year. So I got to work on ClinChex, learn what worked, learn what didn't work. I then moved back to San Francisco in 2005, worked there for a year, and Dr. Bob Boyd recruited me to teach Invisalign at UOP to the dental students. So I worked at the Knight Clinic, and there I learned a lot more. There was one case specifically that I remember that was a tooth that had an anterior crossbite. He was a Berkeley graduate student, and his teeth were edge to edge. When the ClinCheck came back, they requested 0.5 millimeters of IPR on all the lower interiors. I looked at this case and I thought to myself, if I were to treat this case with braces, I wouldn't do that much IPR. In fact, I wouldn't do any. I would put the patient in class three elastics, and if they needed IPR, I would then do IPR. So I changed the ClinCheck and requested no IPR, did the cutouts, ran class three elastics, and was able to treat the case with no IPR. For the first time, I realized that Invisalign is just not a computer program that generates the treatment plan, but it was all done by me and we as doctors. I started a private practice from scratch in 2006 in San Francisco, a very competitive market for orthodontists, and I had no patients. And early on in my practice, I realized all these adult patients would come in wanting Invisalign. I was getting all the leftover patients that all the other doctors said they couldn't treat with Invisalign and I got all the hard cases. As I started getting more comfortable, I had so much time on my hand to get better at Invisalign. I went to all the courses and started trying Invisalign, and it worked, and I learned more and more. And as my case finishes got better and the cases got more difficult, I grew to love Invisalign. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for Invisalign. Invisalign helped me grow my practice. I started with zero patients, and now 50% of my practice is Invisalign and I treat over 200 Invisalign cases a year. I reached Invisalign super elite in 2011. Coincidentally, that was the same year that I got ABO certified. So Dr. Boyd introduced me to another UOP resident 
Dr. Katie Bales in Novato, and together the two of us help select cases and help score each other's cases. I had a case that was treated with braces. I had a moderate open bite case that I treated with braces and TADS. Dr. Bales had a mild open bite case and had an excellent finish. I was like, you got to present this case. And when we superimposed our cases, we realized we got the same amount of molar intrusion. I thought to myself, I could have treated this case with Invisalign. Maybe I didn't need to put braces on this patient. Maybe I didn't even need to use TADS. To date, I've treated over 1,200 cases. Like many of you, I didn't learn how to do Invisalign in school. I had to go learn it outside. I had plenty of time, so I went to every Invisalign course in my area. I've attended every single summit. My daughter, who's six years old, has even attended three summits. This is the first one she's missing. <laughs> Everything I learn hones, improves, and makes me a better orthodontist. When I joined this peer group, this peer group was the one that I think pushed me from being premier to elite. And once I reached elite, I started getting a lot more patients. And Mark Lowe, I see in the audience, he's in my peer group. We would all drive two, three hours to meet for four hours, and we would present two cases, show our before and after pictures, look at the clin checks, and we learned a lot from each other. And everybody would bring a more challenging case, and we would end up pushing the envelope and start doing more challenging cases. So take into mind, if I can do it, you guys can do it. I'm not any smarter than any of you. What we also learned a lot was, I just started lecturing for Invisalign, so I've been doing a lot of superimpositions. My first lecture that I put together, my Carrie told me to put a three-hour lecture together, and I superimposed over 50 cases. And I learned a lot, and I'm going to be sharing these uh, superimpositions of the class three and open bite cases with you. Before I start showing my cases, I want to give you guys some advice that my father has given me. My father is a dentist, uh, General Dennison has yet retired, but he went to every single course and he told me he would implement something right away. He goes, Bella, if you don't do it, you're going to forget and you're going to fall behind on technology. And he retired at the age of 73 and had like 20, 20 systems of implants and he always told me, he's like, you have to learn everything and not fall behind. And I'd place TADs and he would come into my office, have you put the TAD in? And I'm like, I'm going to put it in soon. He goes, you haven't done it, you're going to forget. And he would come by and nag me every single day until I had it done. And so now I realize I'm going to start doing things right away, because otherwise he's going to nag me forever. <laughs> Over the past 10 years, I have learned a lot about the benefits of Invisalign and grown to love it. Invisalign is amazing at controlling the vertical. It is great at controlling torque now that we have power ridges. The thickness of the plastic enables us to jump cross bites, both anterior and posterior. It acts as a bite block, which helps control the vertical and also helps with intrusion. We can also move teeth en masse. And it's great at auto-rotating the mandible, which helps close open bites. It is my appliance of choice for high-angle cases. And what I love most is that unlike braces, you can customize the arch form. And it's great at decreasing protrusion. Along with the treatment benefits, there are a lot of practice benefits as well. Patient comfort, less emergencies, aesthetics. Patients start referring more patients that see that they can be treated with Invisalign. And you'll see today, and we even saw, you know, you get some cases will even treat faster than traditional braces. And like in the shootout, that patient, he avoided surgery. 
So we're going to go over a bunch of cases today. I'm going to show about 12 cases, and I'm not going to have time to go through all the ClinChecks, but I'm going to show one ClinCheck in each category. I have all of them if you want to come by and see them later. So when doing a class three examination, I look at three things. First thing is I look at their profile. Do they have a good profile? Can I avoid surgery? Two, can I camouflage this case? Can they bite edge to edge? Is this a pseudo class three? And last, do they have third molars? If they do, I want to take them out. If not, great. So the first case is going to be Tammy. So Tammy is a 22-year-old Asian female, and she comes in saying, I want my teeth straight. I want my upper teeth in front of my lower teeth, and I don't want veneers. It's obvious that she has a Bolton discrepancy. You can see that she has peg laterals, and it would be a lot easier if I could open up space for larger veneers. But she came in also with a CEF. And you know patients that come in with a CEF that they've gone to other orthodontists for other consultations, right? So I'm not the first orthodontist she's seen. And looking at this CEF, I was like, wow, look at that lower jaw. Look at that high angle. And she's edge to edge. So I saw this x-ray and I'm like, I am not putting braces on this person. I'm only going to talk about Invisalign. So I talked to her about wearing class 3 elastics, <coughs> placing her in Invisalign. I said, we're going to have to do some IPR. She came back a couple months later looking like this. She came back crying. She said, now my orthodontist, I go, well, what happened? She goes, he charged $500 less than you. I'm like, but he treated you with braces. We never even talked about braces. Now the orthodontist wants to take out four teeth or do surgery. And she's like, none of this was even discussed with me before I started treatment. So what we did was the orthodontist took off the braces and I placed her back in clear aligners, just made her Essex retainers to let things reintrude. And because Invisalign is great at intruding teeth, it acts as a bite block, I was able to intrude the teeth, close down the bite, and it's back to a case that I can now treat. Now we'll take a look. She doesn't have her wisdom teeth. And looking at her lateral ceph, you can see that she is clearly class three skeletal. She has an A and B of zero, a negative five widths. And anytime you see proclined incisors, like it should be 102, it's 123, and the lowers are upright, she's class three. So in treating this case, I wanted to extrude the anteriors to increase the overlap, do IPR lower three to three, and run class three elastics. Simple. So we got the results that she wanted. It would have been better, of course, if we had opened up space for veneers. And looking at our superimpositions, we proclined her incisors slightly. We retracted her lower incisors primarily to jump the bite. And we did that by doing IPR and wearing class three elastics. But most importantly, we maintained her vertical. I do all my IPR by hand. Some people may laugh at me, but I use little strips and I do 0.1 each time. And I realized with class three cases, I seldom have to do any IPR. In fact, their contacts are loose because they're wearing the rubber bands so well. She was treated in 16 months, 22 initial aligners, 15 refinements, and a total of 15 visits. Patient number two, Nicole. Nicole came to me for phase one. She's an eight-year-old Filipino female, and she's concerned with the crowding that the canines blocked out. So we did phase one, did a maxillary palatal expander, lower lingual holding arch to maintain the e-space, and she comes back at the age of 12. I'm ready for phase two, and I want to do Invisalign teen. 
Now, being in San Francisco, my practice was predominantly adults. I started out with 70%, 70, maybe 80% adult patients. I was like begging for kids. Um, now I probably see about 50% kids. But she wanted to do Invisalign teen. And having done so many adult cases, I haven't done that many teen cases. So I thought, why not? I feel that her incisors are really proclined. The canine's blocked out. If I straighten, it's going to even be more proclined. She's also the daughter of an admissions director for a very prominent all-girls school. And I have a daughter, and she's in preschool applying. So I was like, I have to do a good job <laughs> on, my, on her daughter. So if you look at her Ceph, you can see she has significantly proclined upper incisors, and the lowers look very upright. And looking at her number, she's clearly skeletal class 3, A and B of negative 1, widths of negative 8, and her upper incisors are flared out. And her lower incisors are very well positioned. Now look at her ClinCheck. We extrude the anteriors. And my mistake was, you know, she's post-monarchal, I thought. So she hit puberty. I'm thinking most of the growth is done, but we all know the lower jaw grows last. So what I didn't do was run class 3 elastics early enough. I didn't put class 3 elastics on from the very beginning because I was worried more about getting the canines done than the protrusion, and she grew. So in refinement, I had her wear the class 3 elastics and did the refinement, and we got her socked into class 1. Now, in growing patients, if you're worried that they're still growing, you can retain them in Essex retainers or Rivera and do the cutouts and have them wear class 3 elastics at night. So looking at her radiographs, her top teeth don't look as proclined now. And looking at her superimpositions, I was able to improve her A and B by one degree. The IPR helped resolve the crowding, decrease the protrusion. I retracted incisors to decrease the protrusion, increase the overjet. And I also got relative extrusion. So when you do IPR, you'll get relative extrusion to help increase the overbite. She was treated in 21 months, 28 aligners. And now I know with teen and refinements, I have them wear them one week each because in teens, their teeth tend to move faster. And if they're already moving, they're going to continue to move faster. And she was treated in 15 appointments. Patient number three, Kwok. So Kwok comes in saying, I want to fix my bite, my underbite, and I only want to do it with Invisalign. And you can take a look at his teeth. Like his lower arch is a lot more tapered in the front, and it's not really coordinated with the upper arch. And he has this anterior crossbite, but he can bite edge to edge. So I thought, you know what, I can definitely correct this. And looking at his Ceph, it appears to be more of a pseudo-class 3 than skeletal. His lower incisors are proclined at 98 degrees. A and B is 1, but still he has a negative 5 widths. And his upper teeth are pretty well positioned, slightly proclined. And I'm going to go over this ClinCheck in a little bit more detail. And you can see I run class 3 elastics from the very beginning. I typically bond buttons. You can use slits as well. I feel like in class 3, trying to pull the lower jaw back, it's better to bond onto the teeth. You have to put attachments on the teeth. You can see here, otherwise they will rotate. And typically, I ask for 0.5 millimeters of IPR between the lower teeth until it, it corrects. Whether I do it or not, it doesn't matter because if the bite jumps early, I can always order refinement sooner. And there was one question that they asked earlier is like, I program all this IPR, what if they wear their elastics? And what you'll see is you'll get intrusion of the lower incisors. So when you see that, you just need to reboot it and do the refinement earlier on. But if they wear their elastics well, it's great because you tell them, I'll file your teeth less if you wear your rubber bands well. And typically, by just saying that, they'll wear it. Because when I'm hand stripping their teeth, 
especially if you have to go to the premolar area, it's not really comfortable. Look at the top arch. I think this was the hardest part of his case was leveling his anteriors. And for the first time, I used this optimized attachment to upright it, and they really do work when they're placed on the incisors and the canines. You also want to make sure when you're jumping cross bites, whether it's posterior teeth or anterior teeth, you have to put attachments, usually rectangular bevels, so that they don't intrude as you jump the bite, because when you procline them, the teeth tend to intrude. So the teeth that need intrusion don't need the attachments. Looking at the lower arch form, you can see how ovoid it was, and by just ch changing the arch form, you can decrease the protrusion. So by expanding and retracting, you can decrease the protrusion. And I have a lot of Asian patients that come in wanting their teeth to look less protrusive. A lot of it's an optical illusion, but even changing the arch form here will help us jump the bite. I will simulate like a lower jump if needed, if, all the, if they have such a significant underbite and doing the IPR won't correct it. So quack finished. And as you can see, his upper teeth leveled out nicely. And looking at his superimpositions, his A and B improved by one degree. We eliminated CRCO shift, and we retract his lower incisors by changing the arch form and doing some IPR. We also intruded the upper left one to help level the teeth. And he was treated in a month and a half, 22 aligners, 16 refinement. And I typically do bonded retainers. I do upper two to two, lower three to three, and I give them Essex retainers for a year. They wear the retainers from day one at night only. And I tell them, you've had braces before, your teeth move. So keep the retainers in, see how good you are wearing it every night. They say, well, how long do I have to wear my retainer for? I go, well, how long do you want to keep your teeth straight? It's like going to the gym. Like you lose weight, you don't maintain it, it's gonna go back, you're gonna get fat again. Just like if you don't wear your retainer, you're gonna get crooked teeth again. So after a year, if they're good, I then take out the bonded retainer at no charge, make them retainers, and they graduate. That's when they officially graduate on their own. Like if you can maintain them straight on your own for a year, you can do it on your own. So this is Koa. Koa is a 36-year-old male, comes in, I'm missing a tooth, and I want my midline and my underbite fixed. He's missing tooth number 10. And he has a lot of lower crowding, and I'm thinking, looking at a set. His top teeth are proclined, he has an underbite. Looking at his numbers, A and B is zero, width is negative nine, and his upper incisors are already proclined to 116 degrees. If I'm opening up space, his teeth are gonna even flare out even more. And his lower teeth are well positioned, but how am I gonna resolve all this crowding if I don't take out four teeth? In Asian patients, they all have big teeth, lots of enamel. So what I've realized for a lot of these patients that don't want extractions, if you do IPR, even if you do 0.5 to 0.5 mesial molar to molar, you'll get the same result as extracting four teeth out. And I've done this superimposed, I've done both ClinCheck superimposed, and the, I seem to be getting the same results. So I told him, I'm like, you're missing a tooth. It's hard for me to justify taking out four more. So we did a non-extraction plan. And um, what I did was I always place vertical beveled attachments, and I bevel the side and easel where I want to push to open up for space. And I had him wear class three elastics and did the 0.5 to 0.4 millimeters of IPR. Again, with the lower, because he wore his um, elastics really well, I didn't need to do as much IPR. Starting tray 10, we started him on a celadent. He was my first acelidant patient. You can see we opened up the space nicely. And his temp was placed yesterday, just before we got on the airplane. And you can see here the implants placed in. And his teeth 
are not protrusive. And I've treated cases with braces doing the same thing, and I've had to invert brackets to try to make the teeth look less protrusive. And you get a better result doing Invisalign. And looking at a superimposition, I proclined the upper incisors only one degree, having opened up space for a lateral incisor, retracted the lower incisors by three millimeters, and his A and B increased by one degree. So he was treated in 14 months, started selling at tray 10. So then after that, he wore the next 27 aligners one week each, and then he had 15 weeks of refinement, total of 12 visits. So now I realize like, if they can bite edge to edge and they're more pseudo class three, maybe I can treat some of the cases that look a little scarier. So this is Sani. Sani asked me, can you correct my underbite without surgery? Now this case looks a little bit more scary than the other ones. And I've been superimposing so many cases now that I've realized there's one common theme. The cases that come back and wow me, I'm like, what is going on when I superimpose? Like, how can I jump these crazy underbites? And what I'm realizing is I'm extracting third molars. These adults are coming in with third molars. And I'm extracting their third molars after I scan. I'm like, I'll scan your teeth, come back with your wisdom teeth taken out two weeks before we start. And it, you're, able, you're able to move teeth en masse just like the propel effect. And you'll see here her molars are very impacted. And looking at her number, she has an A and B of zero, widths of negative five, upper incisor slightly proclined. And look where she started. Her upper left one is the one that's proclined. I didn't procline all the teeth to match. I actually retracted the upper left one in my ClinCheck. She's wearing class three elastics. And this is her progress. And the bite on the left side is actually better than the right, and it was more class three on the left to start. And I even retracted the upper left one. So I was like, oh my, I, you know, she came back, and um, I think I, she probably came in when I was pregnant. When they come in and I'm pregnant, I can't really remember the treatment plan. And then they come back, I'm like, oh my goodness, you started out with an underbite, I didn't even remember. And then I looked at her pictures, I'm like, I need to superimpose this to see what's happening. She only took out the lower wisdom teeth. She didn't even take out the uppers. And you can see when we superimpose that we corrected it because even though we retracted the upper left one, we got en masse uh, retraction of the lower teeth. We also did some IPR to retract the lower incisors, but her A and B improved by two degrees. And her upper molar really didn't come forward much. In order to see change, like en masse retraction without the wisdom teeth, you'll see in one of my cases, you'll have to wear class two or class three elastics for like two whole years to see some en masse retraction. If you're treated in like a year or less, you're not gonna really see it. I'm superimposing the x-rays and I just don't see it. I'm getting more retraction from doing IPR. So she's in the process of getting finished and you're probably wondering, what do I do for finishing? So Sam Dare, I don't know if he's one of my um, Invisalign idols and He's excellent at finishing, there he is. He's excellent at finishing and he taught me how to finish because I was like, how do you get these amazing results? How do you get the bite socked in? And so I start my finishing protocol maybe two visits before they're finished for their debond visit. And I bond buttons on all the teeth that aren't touching. And I have them wear vertical elastics with the trays. And I actually remove the attachments on the teeth so that they can slide down and sock in. So I start doing that earlier. Hopefully they touch better. I can avoid using, doing refinements. So in summary with class three, I run class three elastics from day one. I feel like I put attachments on. I want to train my patients to be good from the very beginning. 
I usually bond onto the teeth for class three cases, and I IPR as needed in my treatment plan to resolve the crowding in anticipation maybe my patient won't wear their elastics well. If they don't, you just have to do more IPR. And I'm noticing that I'm getting on mass retraction when I'm taking out the wisdom teeth a few weeks before. And I'm thinking if they have wisdom teeth taken out now, maybe I'm gonna just propel them now instead to see if I can get more on mass retraction. And I start my finishing protocols now because when you have a class three and you jump the bite, a lot of the times you'll end up with a posterior open bite. Almost all my class three patients, I'm, I'm noticing that. Because if you intrude the lower incisors to get the back teeth to touch, they rotate like counterclockwise again and the class three worsens. So you tend to want to extrude the posterior to sock in their bite. Now we're gonna go look at some open bite cases. So just like my open bite cases, I ask my questions, I do in the exams, I look at their profile to see if they need surgery or not. And at the same time, if they don't want surgery, because there are a lot of patients that don't look so good, and at the same time, I think they need surgery, but they're happy with how they look. So we want to address our patients' concerns. If they have a skeletal open bite, what we typically want to do is intrude posterior teeth. And they have a dental open bite, we want to extrude anterior teeth. We also want to check and see if a patient has a tongue thrust, because we want our results to be maintained long term. And if their tongue is thrusting when they're swallowing, the open bite may relapse. So we can refer them to a myofunctional therapist. I didn't even realize at the time that there's a difference between a speech therapist and a myofunctional therapist, but there are myofunctional therapists that will do exercises that will help train them. And the analogy I use that they've taught me is there's a little muscle in your tongue that you've never used before. And it's like doing sit-ups. You do 10-minute exercises every day, three to six appointments, and if you do it every day, you're gonna be able to swallow correctly. Just like as if I were to try to do a pull-up, which I can't do right now, but I'm sure if I practice 10 minutes every day, eventually in a month, I'd be able to do one. So this is Hiromi. Hiromi is a 29-year-old Japanese female, and her chief concern is my protrusion and my open bite. And looking at her case, I'm thinking, I can show more incisal show when smiling, extrude the anterior teeth. Whether you do with braces and box elastics or extrusion attachments, I'll extrude her anterior teeth to correct her open bite. Then I take records, and it's always like you see the patient for the consult, you don't see the x-ray till later. I didn't talk about braces with her, but I don't even, if I talked about it, I would definitely not treat her with braces after looking at this lateral set because she's gonna end up like Tammy with that open bite once we bond the sixes and sevens. She's gonna swing back and she's very protrusive. Look at that mandibular plane angle, it's 47 degrees. She has an A and B of five. Her upper teeth are slightly proclined and the lower teeth are actually pretty upright. So in my ClinCheck, what I treatment plan was just to extrude the anteriors, round out the arch form and do IPR. And I was able to close down her bite and resolve her crowding. So looking at the superimposition, we achieved excellent vertical control. I didn't program intrusion, so we're not gonna get intrusion. In hyperdivergent cases, their muscles are not as strong, so you're not going to get intrusion unless you program it. Unlike hypodivergent cases, you tend to get posterior open bites because they're clenching so hard and their muscles are stronger. You'll also notice that the upper incisor extruded and retracted back two millimeters, and the lower incisor, which didn't have any attachments on, also extruded because that got the relative extrusion by doing the IPR. So she was treated in 19 months, 21 aligners, 
11 refinement, did refinement number two, eight, and she had a total of 17 appointments. So next patient, Vivian. Vivian is very similar to Hiromi, but her profile isn't as good. But she's obviously gone to several orthodontists because they all want to take out four teeth. So she comes in saying, I do not want to take out any teeth. And this was you know, a couple years into my practice. I hadn't even gotten to Super Lee, and I was like, you know what? We can do IPR, and her lower anteriors are also very you know, crooked. And so I looked at her stuff, and this is even scarier. I mean, look at this stuff. I was like, oh my goodness, your stuff looks worse than your teeth. I mean, you have an A and B of 12. You're clearly a surgical case. That's why you have no chin. And you have a width of six, but our upper incisors are proclined a little bit, lowers are slightly proclined so that I can do some IPR to upright her anteriors and close down the bite. And I placed these vertical beveled attachments to upright the lower teeth, did the IPR, and got relative extrusion, and resolved her crowding and closed down the bite. So this is purely extrusion from doing IPR. Incisors look a lot better. Again, excellent vertical control, retracted the upper and lower incisors and extruded the lower incisors. So she was treated in 17 months, 26 initial liners, 10 refinement, and total of 16 appointments. So Dijanae is an interesting patient. She comes in and she's 47 years old and she asks me, can you close my open bite? And by the way, I'm moving to Hong Kong. I don't know when, but it's in a few months. So I looked at her Ceph and she looks more class one. She still has a vertical high angle, but not as significant. A and B is three, which is negative three. And her upper and lower incisors are pretty well positioned. So I thought, you know what, I can treat you because I don't have to do so much IPR to you know, retract your incisors. And I'm gonna treatment plan you by extruding the anteriors to close the bite, but also intruding the posteriors. And you see when you're intruding the posteriors, you have to put some horizontal bedal attachments, typically on the premolars, if even maybe add on to the molar for retention. Otherwise, the molars don't tend to intrude. <coughs> and I also will intrude all the teeth simultaneously. I know one of the ClinChecks today, they'll move the teeth one by one, but if you wanna shorten your treatment time, move all the teeth simultaneously. Move the back teeth, move the front teeth, move all the teeth at once. So this is her progress. So she comes back and she's like, you know what? I don't think she's wearing her trays that well because the premolars are still rotated. The bites closed down a little bit, but she's still class two, not looking so good. So I said, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm going to Hong Kong Monday. I was like, okay, so I will scan your teeth and then I'll FedEx them to Hong Kong. And I had my classmate in Hong Kong put the buttons on and he saw her and he's like, Bella, I'm just gonna put the buttons on but this case is yours. Like, I don't want to treat, treat her. So I go, that's fine. So then she comes back when she's done with her refinements, and I do what Dr. Dayer does. I bond the buttons, and you can see, start bonding the vertical elastics, and I have a couple here. So because she's moving far away, I don't know how good she's wearing her rubber bands. I, start, I just bonded the lingual retainers ahead of time, cut out the trays for her to wear. This is her bite without the trays. So she came in in August, and then one month later, the teeth are touching. And so now she's going back to Hong Kong. So I intruded the upper molar, which then enabled me to get some auto rotation to close down the open bite. We actually proclined the incisors because I didn't do any IPR, so I didn't get any relative extrusion that way. Um, we had the anterior attachment, so we did extrude our anteriors a little bit. 
and her lowers proclined. So she was treated in 21 months, 17 aligners initially, 18 refinement, um, and 10 visits. And that 10 visits at the end, because she kept coming back, like anytime she comes, she'll come to visit. So Phil is not a class three case, but he's a class two open bite. And he has like a 10 millimeter overjet, comes in with a very narrow arch form. Looking at his profile, he looks like a mouth breather. He's significantly mandibular retrognathic. And his chief concern is, I want to straighten my teeth and reduce my overjet, and I don't really want to fix my bite. And I, we talked about surgery. I'm like, the only way to really correct your bite is surgery, because your teeth, I can't move your upper jaw back. I can't even distalize or take upper bites back, because it would flatten your face even more. I mean, you already have an obtuse nasal labial angle. And this is his ceph. And you can see his third molars are impacted. And he has a significant A and B of 10. He has a mandibular plane angle of 44 degrees, but his upper and lower teeth are pretty well positioned. So I told him, I'm going to expand your arch, hoping your lower jaw will come forward a little bit. But if I'm going to treat you, you're going to have to take out your wisdom teeth, and you're going to have to wear class 2 elastics from the beginning. And I've noticed for class 2 cases, by just intruding and closing an open bite, your, your mandible will auto-rotate to correct maybe a half cusp to a class 1. So I thought, you know what, if he can finish half cusp and I can do some IPR, at least I can address his chief concern. So he had his wisdom teeth taken out. This is all super from like looking back at my cases and learning from them, that he had his wisdom teeth taken out two weeks before he started as well. And so what do we get? We get on mass retraction. And in class twos, I bond the slit, I wear slits on the upper teeth and um, buttons on the bottom, and he corrected to class one. And I had to stop his treatment halfway because his bite closed down so quickly and his overjet decreased so significantly. And it had this like propel effect. It happened so quickly. And look, this is his lateral ceph. And you can see his upper molar intruded to help close down the bite. And typically when I'm superimposing and I'm measuring, I'm only getting about a millimeter of molar intrusion using Invisalign alone. Even if I program intrusion into the lower arch, I'm not seeing lower molar intrusion when I superimpose. So I'm not getting the lower molar intrusion, and you're getting a lot of it from auto-rotation to help close the bite. And you can see, I corrected the other half cusp to class two because I got on mass protraction of the lower teeth. And I was even able to procline his lower incisor to help. We also didn't even have attachments on his upper teeth, and I got relative extrusion because I was doing IPR to help decrease his overjet and got relative extrusion of the upper incisors. So he was treated in 17 months. He went through 22 out of the 28 aligners, 13 refinements, and total of 15 visits. So Adrian is my angles case. So I thought when joining the Angle Society, because I'd just taken my boards, I could use my board cases for the Angle Society. No, rules have changed. And now in order to join, they ask you to pick, submit 30 cases that you've treated in the last three months. And there's different categories, extraction, high angle, um, non-extraction. So I submitted 30 cases, but I only had two, two high angle cases because it has to be 40 degrees or more. And they selected Adrian. And I was like, great, now I have to finish her for the Angle Society. And she came in with wisdom teeth, but she went and got them extracted after her consult with me before she even took records. And I was like, why did you do that? Because now we don't have this like propel-like effect and it made it much harder, you'll, as you'll see how many refinements 
it's taken me to try to finish her. So she has an A and B of four, widths of zero. Teeth are pretty well positioned, but she has that high angle of 42. So I was going to place Taz. I'm like, let's place Taz like my board case. We'll put Taz in. We'll help her intrude. And this is the day she comes in to put the Taz in. And you can see her bites are already started closing. So I put two palatal Taz in, had her work class two elastics. So I do all my own Taz. And they started falling out. The bite kept closing. I'm like, did I really need these Taz? And this is where she's at. I'm still trying to get her bite socked in more, so I'm running the vertical elastics now. So what happened? The upper molar only intruded a millimeter. Her upper incisor extruded, because at the extrusion attachments, extruded two millimeters and retracted to help close the bite. Her lower molar came forward because she was in treatment for three years wearing class two elastics. The lower jaw rotated counterclockwise, and the lower incisor came forward and extruded a millimeter and a half. So that's how we reduced her overjet. Now look at this. Like, she had tremendous, amazing results during the first tray. And then refinement two and three, she's like, I'm only wearing the trays 15 hours a day. I'm like, well, that's like wearing retainers. It's not going to do anything. And I also wasn't treatment planning like my attachments well. I didn't put attachments everywhere, and I was trying to program upper and lower posterior intrusion. So it wasn't until I realized, and we brought it to my study club, and my study club looked at it, they're like, Bella, you're not doing the right attachments on the posterior. So I put more attachments on for Anchorage, intruded, and I just gave her an acelidant. I'm like, just please use this. I won't even charge you for it, because you're my ankles case. So then got her motivated to do one more refinement. I think I had to pay for this one, because I think you can only do for three, right? So I had to pay for her fourth refinement and give her an acelidant. And she was treated 30 visits, but it's closed down a lot, and I'm still working on finishing her. I wish this patient was my angles case, because she comes in, and she's 28 years old, and she doesn't have much crowding. She's more or less class one with an open bite, straight teeth. And now these are my favorite you know, classes, uh, cases to treat, because I don't get class one crowding cases. Um, I get all these really hard cases. So she comes in. I don't want surgery close my open bite, and I don't want Taz. So I said to her, OK, well, then you're going to have to do a celadent. Because I was nervous. I was like, what can I make her wear? Because what if it doesn't close? And you can see she's very high angle. And if you look at her lower incisors, they're intruded a little bit. So we can extrude her lower anteriors. So I'm going to go in over her ClinCheck a little bit more. And she has a mandibular plane angle of 43. So she's skeletally hyperdivergent. Lower teeth are very upright. So let's take a look at her ClinCheck. So in her case, you can see I put vertical horizontal beveled attachments on the anteriors to help extrude them. And I intrude the teeth simultaneously. So I usually ask them to intrude the teeth so that I end up with like a three millimeter overbite to get like a deeper bite. And you want to move the teeth simultaneously. Look, there's only 14 trays, right? The last tray is a jump. And we expand our arch form. I didn't program to work class three elastics. I end up having to use it as our midline shifted because as you close the bite in a class one case, as you, your lower jaw rotates counterclockwise, you're going to end up um, more class three. 
three and a half months, 14 trays. So you can see she looks pretty much done except for that mole on the upper right side needs to sock in. So here's her lateral ceph. Her upper molar intruded, same, looks always the same like that one millimeter. Her lower incisor extruded by retracting half a millimeter. The lower incisor extruded one and a half millimeters and gave her these black triangles, which she didn't like. So now we're doing um, some IPR as well to help fix that. But her mandible auto-rotated slightly to close down the bite more. So she was, you know, this is just three and a half months of using a celadent. She had nine visits. She's like crazy patient. She comes in, texts me messages, calls me, because now she's like, my front teeth hit. I'm like, you're complaining that your front teeth hit? They never touched before. Now you're telling me your front teeth hit more than your back teeth. So now we're wearing some elastics to sock in her bite. And it's hard to explain to patients. They're like, well, you intruded my back teeth. Now why do you want to extrude them? Um, so now we're going to put some buttons on to extrude them. We're good on time. So Daniel is another patient. So as the cases, I'm like, I get more daring, I guess, as I, as I go. And Daniel comes in, he's 24, and his chief concern is, I want to close my open bite, and I also have an extra tooth, and I'm also missing a lower front tooth. And when he smiles, you can see that the upper teeth are more intruded on the right side. And you can see he's significantly skeletal open bite. Mandibular plane of 42, upper teeth are pretty slightly proclined, um, and his lower teeth are pretty upright, A and B of, of um, seven. So you can see here I, I'm extracting his um, supernumerary tooth, and I'm going to leave a little space mesial and distal for a bonding and veneer. And he has those big posterior attachments in the back, and we're intruding the posterior teeth. And this is how he looks like 10 months later. So it's closed down a lot. The right side looks pretty good. The right side, I think the upper teeth need to come down more. So now I'm going to be doing refinement where I just scanned the teeth and I put cutouts pretty much from canine to the three to seven on the back. And I'm just going to extrude those teeth and have the more vertical elastics to sock it in. And then close up that space a little bit so it matches the upper left two a little bit better. And you can see just 10 months later, he closed down significantly. So now we're going to start refinement. Little did I know he has a brother. His brother comes in and looks exactly the same. But you can tell he's a little chubbier because he hasn't yet started Invisalign. And I said, well, now you guys can start a celadent. You guys can get an celadent and share it. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, you can cut your treatment time in half. They're like, oh, we're down with this. So they live together and they work together. And they're like, we're not sharing an celadent. I'm like, we're close, but not that close. So I said, OK, you don't have to share. We can get you two mouthpieces. So he came in and wanted to do it too. And they kept telling me that they could never eat in public at lunch because every time they tried to eat a tri-steak sandwich, they, they couldn't eat it. They would have to cut it up. And they were very self-conscious about eating at work. So we put him on a celadent. He has impacted wisdom teeth. So we had to have him take out his third molars. He almost has similar mandibular plane angle. He's, um, he's 41 and his upper teeth are more proclined. So I had him wear class two elastics. And I actually put some anterior extrusion attachments because I thought maybe it would help extrude his teeth as well a little bit more. 
And this is where he is like five months later. So by doing a selling, he's already catching up on his brother in like half the time. So in summary, for open bite cases, I've realized that TADs aren't really needed. If you do decide to place TADs, then I would probably recommend intruding the lower teeth since I'm not getting intrusion on the lower teeth um, with Invisalign alone. It also helps significantly to, to extract third molars in closing open bites. I've closed open bites with leaving all four, uh, four third molars in, but what I realized, you'll have to do a lot more anterior extrusion. You'll get less intrusion of the posterior. You'll close the open bite a lot by um, having auto rotation if you program um, intrusion. And if they present with a full cusp, if it's an adult patient, I will distalize halfway and then I will get the auto rotation to correct the rest. With kids that are full cusp with open bites, I realize that they grow. So you don't have to distalize, just expand, intrude the posterior and growth will correct the other half cusp. A celadent, whether you use a celadent or Propel, I, I'm, I'm using both. I've used now a celadent for 10 months, so I'm seeing some more results now. Um, my husband, who's here in the back, is the first patient I propelled. I've propelled four cases since, since then, and um, I'm thinking more for like the on mass retraction. And Nick Azizis was just talking to me earlier saying that a celadent actually isn't, may or may not be FDA approved to use with Invisalign. Of course, he's lecturing for Propel. But um, in these cases, I'm thinking with Propel, it has this like effect of retracting the teeth en masse. Now there is a class three case I didn't get to show today. She's class three, straight teeth, and she's pretty significantly class three and she's edge to edge with no crowding. And she used a celadent from day one and had her wisdom teeth taken out when she was 16 and she's now 30 plus. And we were able to achieve three millimeters of overbite and perfect class one. And I looked, I'm like, this is amazing. And I was like, let's take pictures for her and let's, let's present her. And she's like, I'm six months pregnant, six weeks pregnant. I just found out I'm pregnant. She's like, take x-rays. I'm like, there's no way I'm taking an x-ray on a pregnant woman. So I couldn't show her case because I didn't have her x-ray, but she was a celadent, no propel. So I'm, I'm gonna wait nine months and see, did we get on mass retraction using a celadent? So that's something interesting if you go to more cell lectures to see and ask. And I always maintain, as you guys know, with Rivera or an Essex because it's great at controlling the vertical and the thickness of the plastic is thicker so you'll even get more intrusion as they wear it at night. So upper molars in summary don't seem to intrude with Invisalign alone. It's, sorry, upper molars do, lowers don't. And what I typically do is I program simultaneous intrusion and I usually ask them for three millimeters of overbite. I don't actually tell them intrude one millimeter or two. Like, I don't, that's why I love ClinCheck Pro. I can just move the teeth because I don't tell them what to do. I just move the teeth to the final result. And I place pretty large horizontal bevel attachments on the lower fours, fives, and six, and uppers for anchorage when intruding, especially if you don't have interior attachments on the front. To avoid anterior attachments when closing an open bite, you can IPR and retract to get relative extrusion. So some patients that you see with open bites, they'll come in, I don't want any anterior attachments, so then if they have a three millimeter open bite, you can just intrude and you'll be able to close it. And maybe do some IPR to get some more relative extrusion. So I'd like to thank um, my Invisalign rep, Carrie Farrell, Aaron, and Mike Flanagan. They've been amazing throughout my whole Invisalign journey. 
and that pushed me to do more and more cases. My Bellasmile team for taking amazing records, otherwise I wouldn't be able to show all these cases and have x-rays to superimpose. Dr. Boyd, Invisalign Idols, and my study club, which I think if you don't have one, it's good to join because I, to, or to, to have your um, rep make one for you, Invisalign and my family. So thank you for coming. <laughs>